you're listening to the SSPX podcast, and welcome to episode 15 of the Crisis in the Church series. First, my apologies for the delay in posting this episode. Hopefully, we'll be back on schedule for the remainder of the series. Today, we're speaking with Father Dominique Bormeau, the pastor of St. Vincent's in Kansas City and the author of 100 Years of Modernism on the topic of existentialism. Father will explore how this philosophy came about as a result of modernism and then directly influenced the neo-modernists in the 20th century who would be the ringleaders of the new theology of the Catholic Church. If you're listening on the podcast, this episode is one best viewed on YouTube as the corresponding text will be very helpful in your understanding. If you'd like to learn more about this series we're doing on the crisis in the church or go back and revisit our previous 14 episodes, or if you want to support this project, please visit sspxpodcast.com slash crisis. Now let's turn to our conversation with Father Dominique Bormeau. Um, well, this is the first time uh, I've talked with you on one of these, Father, and uh, could we just have a little background as to who you are and, and what you do uh, for the Society of St. Pius X? Right, so I'm a society priest for about 40 years. Uh, next year will be my 40th anniversary as a society priest of Ordain Barge, which I've been in 81, and um, in Econ, Switzerland. And uh, I've been pretty much a teacher at seminaries for 25 years plus, uh, the US, Australia, Argentina. Uh, and I've been teaching mostly philosophy, I guess, when I was there. So that's my background. And presently, wow. currently in uh, Kansas City, I've been here for about 10 years. Uh, with a little quick two years in St. Louis, uh, just the other side of misery. <laughs> Anyways, yes. Very good. Well, I, I've worked with you a bit in the past. Uh, you're the uh, you're the go-to person when there's an issue, uh, uh, an article in the Angelus or for the sspx.org website. Uh, we need the sensor librorum. Uh, uh, so you are you are that for us. So we we appreciate your help very much, Father. Um, we're talking to you today about um, existentialism, uh, and or at least we're going to get started with existentialism. So um, we've already been talking about liberalism. We've been talking about modernism. Uh, I guess just we, we start with the definition: what is existentialism? Where did it come from? And and where do we go from there, Father? Yes, uh, I want to speak about existentialism in the context of uh, the new philosophy or the neo-modernism. Uh, we've been studying, I guess, in this crisis series uh, on modernism itself. We've been approaching that. So now we're looking at neo, neo-modernism, neo the, the new version of modernism, just before it was condemned by Pius XII and uh, you know, led into Vatican II. Uh, so modernism was really based on Kant, as far as philosophy goes, I would say, Kant, Hegel, and these, these people, and you have to keep in mind that uh, things at that time looked pretty, pretty sharp and pretty optimistic, pretty wonderful in the, um, the German, Prussian, Prussian area. They had won battles against France, uh, so optimism was the, the big thing. Now comes 1918, uh, we're talking about existentialism, so 20th century philosophy. Uh, 1918, remember, the Germany has been destroyed, crushed pretty much, pretty much by the Allies in, uh, at World War One. So optimism, the glorification of reason, those mental constructs of, of Hegel, that um, uh, you know, pine tree that he was creating, or fir tree that he was creating there in, in his mind, uh, the best possible world is crushing and totally out of fashion at this time. So those philosophers or people are thinking in their minds, they're just 
trying to get away from, from that, from this optimistic view. And we will go back to something more, more simple, more humble, uh, maybe the, uh, too much thought about the absurd, absurdity of, of things, um, the, 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 the crushing realities of human existence. So that's what they are looking at right now. Existentialists are uh, going to concentrate on human existence, liberty, uh, the choices that you make in life, the day-to-day human life. So that's existentialism for you in a nutshell. So okay. we are going from Descartes with the cogito ego sum, I think therefore I am. Then you are getting into Kant, the philosophy of years, Hegel with the um, dichotomies of things, the dialectic um, of Hegel, the pure ideas. And now those people are swinging the pendulum into something totally different. We're getting into uh, existentialism. I want to go back to my personal, individual, authentic existence. <laughs> so right. that's the, 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 look, the thing we're looking at here. And yes, we're moving away from uh, you know, the Hegelian Kantian uh, philosophy, which was the backbone, I would say, of modernist philosophy. Uh, and we're getting into a very different uh, setting here. Yeah. Okay. So when we're talking about Kant, he was at the very least still Christian. He still had a, a great deal of morality to him. Um, but this new, this new philosophy, this new 20th century version uh, is, is not really based in Christianity. It's much more agnostic. It's not so much the agnostic as the technical reality. That's also coming from Kant. But uh, their, their viewpoint is mostly immanentism. The vital imbalance of the modernists, you must have talked about that before. So get back to uh, the movement itself. Uh, so existentialists, who, who can be called an existentialist? I would say Socrates, St. Augustine, St. Thomas are existentialists in a way. I mean, yeah. they, they want to reach philosophy, the study of what? Well, the study of being, the study of what exists out there, right? And St. Thomas, St. Thomas of the Creator, I think that was one of the titles of Chesterton, uh, St. Thomas has described God as he who is. So if anybody can be called an existentialist, I think St. Thomas deserved a good, a good name for that. Well, mm-hmm. here we're talking about something slightly different <laughs> in a big way. Um, we, are, we are looking at uh, the existentialist. Uh, okay, we've been running away from Kant and the uh, Hegel's um, idealist there. We're not looking at uh, putting the stress on the passions, as the romantics would do. We're putting the stress on the present moment, the situation here and now, uh, the present sentiment, the authentic existence. So, all right, we're getting away from God, of course, the creator of everything I have, who I am. And so, who fits into that, that picture of, of the essentialist? I would say lots of people who are vi- of a very different background, really. So you have Heidegger and Jaspers, so these are a few names I have here, in Germany. You have Sartre, Camus, and Marcel, who is himself Catholic, actually, practicing Catholic in France. So, you know, Heidegger and Sartre are very obviously atheists, whereas Jaspers, Marcel are Catholics or Christians. Then you have the moralist aspect of it, one of the branches, and Father Boistina, the future Pope John Paul II, was one of them, following Mark Scheller. Uh, you have personalist people, and Maritain, who is a Thomist, by the way, 
uh, is following a bit Mounier here. So you have those, those people. So at first sight, um, you know, it's, it's a down-to-earth, very human movement. It's a very human humanism, much more human than uh, the Kantist uh, or Kantian ideas and Hegel's crazy world of, of ideas in his mind. Eh? It's a flesh and blood incarnate philosophy, I'd say. But philosophy turns into a biography. It's based on the human, humble, tragic, comic, uh, dramatic existence of, of man. So those authors were, first of all, great idealists and, and, and writing their, their wonderful uh, or just boring essays on philosophy, are turning into novelists, in fact. They're, you know, they're more interested in, in the diary because we're talking about my particular uh, situation here and uh, my present anguish, my present problem I, I need to deal with. So you have, therefore, people like uh, Sartre who is writing plays. The Nausea is one of them. It's not exactly fun. Uh, I think there was a, basically every, every time there was a play of, of Sartre in Paris, there was suicide going on. I mean, not exactly but, you know, my, my cup of tea. <laughs> right. So yes, that's the... Uh, the philosophy, I guess, in, uh, in one word. I, I define it here as the de descriptive philosophy of personal existence, entirely free in its destiny. I don't know whether that brings, a, a, you know, brings some, some interesting things for us. I mean, it's very human. It's very concrete. It's very now, here and now. So it's, it's descriptive. So that's why the novel is, is ideal for that. And it's talking about the person, the authentic Johnny, you know, not 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 uh, the guy who, who fits in a, with the rest of the world, and who is a stress of freedom. We're going to be looking at that a little more down the road. Would it be fair to say, Father, that existentialists are less concerned about what's going to be happening in the future? You know, what what is the broader morality of things, and they're more looking at here's what I need to do right now in the moment. Uh, for for myself, yes, we're going to speak of that, of that question of uh, you know the evolutionist aspect of uh, of the existentialist. The present moment is creative. I, everything hangs on me. The whole world depends on my vision of it, on my choice. Uh, so so I'm like God, the creator. The moment of creating Adam, the Sistine Chapel uh, picture there, or fresco. Uh, it's it's a bit scary <laughs> to me. <laughs> Right, right. Well, it, it was interesting, Father, when you said that there were Catholics and atheists and, and all these different people who embraced uh, existentialism. What are the principles of an existentialist or of existentialist philosophy? I mean, there must be something that is attractive to all these different groups of people. Yes, it seems that we, you know, we're talking about a very hazy halo of, of, of people, satellites running around things, but is there something common? And I just say yes. Um, so I'm going to go through these, um, these principles, which I do think connect very much with the principles of modernist philosophy condemned by St. Paul's attempts Pashendi. Have, have you studied the question of Pashendi with uh, one of those yes. um, crazy series? So uh, Pashendi was complaining about, uh, you know, was saying that what you find uh, as an undercurrent of their theology is is those philosophical principles, if you want, or lack of principles of the principles, really, agnosticism, 
ignorance, that is, we can't know things. A vital immanence, that would be my first uh, thing I want to look at right now, vital immanence. So we don't, we cannot get out of the shell of our mind, basically. And the last one is evolutionism. And so liberty, evolution is, is very uh, present, I think, in existentialism. So may, may I come to that question of vital immanence for starters? So your hustle is a little bit the, um, you know, the thinker behind existentialism, if there is such a thing as a thinker, thinking existentialist. And so he's trying to go back to Descartes' idea there. Okay, how we are trying to search for the Northwest Passage from inside the mind, from my thought, to the real world out there. So I think, in my mind, my, my thoughts or whatever, therefore I exist. Okay, existence, reality, is gotten hold of from my thought. That's the jump of, of the cards. Whether it's um, true, valid or not, it's another question. So he's going back to the same idea here. So Husserl starts with um, my conscious consciousness, conscious thought, you know, again, the cogito, if you want, of Descartes. And he said, well, I cannot be conscious without being conscious of something. <laughs> I found the, you know, the solution, the, uh, the Northwest Passage, as we, we've gone from, we've bridged the gap between the mind and reality. So is that a solution? Uh, well, thank you. <laughs> I, I don't think so, because it's still my dream. I've dreamt a dream, but is it true? Is it holding on to now a, a, a real hook out there, which is outside of my mind? So we are talking about, again, the shadow of a groom armed with the shadow of a brush. We're standing forever grooming the shadow of a horse. We, we are not getting away from the Husserlian fairy tale, as far as I'm concerned. Hmm. And Kant is the same way, you know, it's just the, the, the dream of um, the thought of, um, of, a, of a sausage and the, sort of, the thought of sauerkraut with just the thought of, of, of a pint of beer. But, we, 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 you know, we are, that's food for thought, all right, but it's not getting you back to reality. We are playing the indoor sport here, right now. Are, are, are they saying that there's no reality? I mean, when you say that they're just standing there, you know, dreaming of, of sauerkraut and sausage or, or brushing the shadow of a horse, are, are you saying that they have no, uh, well, they, yeah, I guess they have no basis in reality, but do they reject that there is actually a reality of things? Kent does not reject the reality of things, but Kant says that, okay, when I think thoughts, when, when I, you know, my mind is, um, science is in the mind only and not in the thing. So science must connect the mind and, and something else out there. But he's saying that, you know, there is no way the connection can be valid, basically, that's what he's saying. So mm -hmm. these things are there, but do we know them? No. Do they have any sense? We don't know. We, we are making it up ourselves. We are just transforming it in our categories, mental categories of, of care. So Hassel okay. is... Um, he's trying to do something similar. Okay. Uh, just a couple of, uh, of quotes here. Uh, so the first principle rather, is really this one. Uh, cogito volo est. I think, or I will rather, it's, it's, a, it's a voluntarist um, statement here. I will, I think, it is. <laughs> Hmm. My, you know, wishes make potatoes here. I want that it happens, therefore it is out there. 
Uh, and that's the essentialist for you, just a quote here from Merleau-Ponty, one of those French uh, pontiffs, I guess, of existentialism. My existence does not come from my antecedents. Uh, I, it goes towards them and sustains everything. I am the, so, the absolute source. I don't know what that tells you, but that tells me, you know, something is not quite right here. And I hold everything in existence myself. My thinking makes things be. Hmm. There's a certain creative or desire to be the, the creator or the, the maintainer of all things. I don't know. Uh, so nothing can resist the will of iron, of iron, I guess, of these of these people. Reality is clay in Potter's hands, and, and the essentialists make things be. I guess. Uh, Sartre says the same thing about his liberty. I must be free. I am because I will. I am my own beginning. Uh, there's something of a blaspheme again to God. I mean, that's the way I see it. Right. right. I don't know. So that's the first principle. I, 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 they say the vital immanence. We, we're playing that indoor sport. We cannot really uh, go, reach out beyond the mind, and reality cannot um, cannot be known. Basically, that quote from from Sartre. I, I must be free. I am because I will. I am my own beginning. I'm, I'm starting to see now how this vital imminence can very quickly lead into agnosticism, a, a total disbelief of any higher higher being. Right, of a higher being, and any being that's whatsoever. So we're getting to the second point here with this agnosticism you're talking about. Now, in realist philosophy and realism and common sense, I would say, we, we just simply admit things exist outside of me, these, these books behind me or you in front of me, um, things exist, they have a nature, we can know it. Our intelligence mm-hmm. can know the essence or the nature of these things. There's a tree out there, and you know the treeness is in my mind, or the, the little cat there, or the felinity can, can relate it to other things and make me know other things, okay? That's realism. Idealism denies that things have a nature or that we can know that nature of things. And if they had a nature anyways, we cannot know it because we are informing rather than being informed by things. We are changing. We are putting our inform into, into those things. That's, that's kind for you. Now, existentialism is simply um, throwing away the essences, the natures of things. Then the second principle is very simple. Existence precedes essence. Existence creates essence. You are before you are a man. How does that work? I don't know how that works. <laughs> so man is right. before he is this. Man creates his own essence and the entire universe with it. Okay, going back to a quote from Sartre, which is scary, I think. I must be free. I am because I will. I am my own beginning. I will. I think it is. Cogito volo. Est, volo cogito est. So existence precedes essence. What does that mean? Well, basically, I'm saying that the race runs, the flight flies, the sightseeing, you know, is sightseeing without. Okay, so the race runs without a runner. You have a running without a runner. You have a flight without a bird. You have a sightseeing without a sightseer. You have the wine poured out without the wine glass. 
Mm-hmm. How can, can you be without being a man, being this or that? Ex- existence precedes essence is a little trick in the thing. <laughs> and you see, we're throwing away those essences at this stage of the game. You follow me? Yeah, I'm, I'm following you, and, and I keep thinking, Father, it, it seems like they're making so many logical leaps to try to fit philosophies into... I, it seems so much simpler to be a realist. I mean, maybe I'm being naive in saying that, but... Well, keep in mind that these people then really have put the, the, the focus on, on liberty. So, ah. natures, uh, if there is a nature, then we have laws of nature we have to follow, you know, natural law, I guess, okay. uh, which means that I have to obey someone else. They are not going to accept that. My liberty okay. is absolutely, I think we defined it a second ago, let me just go back there. Entirely free in its destiny. Freedom is 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 an absolute. Liberty is 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 the god today. Okay, um, so it's something irrational, and we are really going from ignorance, agnosticism, to absurdity before too long, really, with that. Um, because this existence of those existentialists is no sweet dreams. We're getting very quickly into a nightmare of things here. Right. Uh, just look at this text here of uh, one of the plays of Sartre, so the flies, the bush. The protagonist here, Orestes, is answering back to Zeus, God. You should not have made me free. No sooner had you created me than I ceased to be yours. I am doomed to have no other law but mine. For I, Zeus, am a man. And every man must find his, his, his own way, find out his own way. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm prisoner of my own liberty mm-hmm. to go where, nowhere, a road which is no, which, which leads really nowhere, a train which is into no, no destiny. It's a bit scary. It see, yeah, it, it seems that Sartre knew. I mean, based on based on that that quote in the play, it seems like he knew that this was an untenable position to, to hold. Uh, but again, that like what you were saying just a bit ago, Father, that that desire for liberty, that does that ultimate desire for absolute freedom, is going to cause them to just do all these mental gymnastics in order to attain this liberty. It's really Gabriel uh, Lagrange had a statement saying that uh, it's God or the absurd. They have rejected God and therefore they fall into absurdity. And I think it is really a key to their, um, their philosophy, which is really based on a theological choice, an a-theological choice. I reject God, and therefore everything falls apart. If I hold on to my own existence, my human, totally free existence, free from anything, from me, I'm not getting into trouble here, okay? So right. this, uh, this philosophy is anything but philosophy. It's not a lot of wisdom of order, of, of reason, it's really the the, the, the absurdity as the, the ultimate. Uh-huh. So I move on here to my third point, maybe my uh, evolutionist yes. theory that because freedom, liberty means I can choose what I want when I, when I want. Uh, in realism, being is superior to becoming. Being is what is. Becoming is what is in the process of getting, of becoming. Well, okay. I'm becoming an architect. That means I'm not an architect. I'm a potential right. architect. I'm nothing yet, okay? Um, so, in realism, of course, with especially Thomism, you know, 
considers as God is, 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 or pure existence, who is, the essences or the natures have uh, stability also. But now we have done away with God, we have done away with essences, and now we are just in, you know, floating somewhere in, in the flux of, of, of endless time. A few quotes again, Sartre um, says, being is one with the event and the situation. Okay, being is what? It's just a situation, a moment in my change, I guess. Bergson, who was a modernist philosopher at the time of St. Pius X, being is duration. Heidegger, uh, he's obviously one of these existentialists, being is time. Time, time. The most fluctuating, changing thing in the world. So all four of them, obviously, we are moving from the philosophy of being, as supreme, if you want, to endless flux, change, becoming. Mm. So the third principle uh, of the existentialist is the present moment is creative. Uh, liberty has creative power, the entire world hangs on my absolute liberty, my free act is cosmic and eschatological. Again, we're getting to that picture of God creating the world and sitting chapel uh, fresco there. Man, by his, liber by his free act, is on the brink of creating a new world and changing everything, everything around him. Uh, take a photo of the old Johnny there, uh, of an individual, age 5, age 10, 20, 50. Okay, now you have a, uh, a gamut, if you want, a, a palette of, of different photos. Well, the essentialist is not going to say, Johnny is. We have to use now an impersonal subject. It is becoming. As you would say, it is raining. It is snowing. What's snowing? What's raining? What? It's, it's a moment. It's a situation. Man is an instant. <laughs> yes. Okay? Uh, so, it's just the haze, the, the fog. Right. So, so, so for them, this, this evolution, this changing of things, this is the ultimate way to to know things? Or would they say that they can't even know things if, I guess, full stop, I, I guess would they say they can't even know things? Everything is in change, everything is in flux, everything is becoming, therefore there is no being. Well, the, the only knowledge is the uh, experimental knowledge of this particular moment. I know my, uh -huh. my action in this particular situation here and now. It's again, the, the, you know, this descriptive philosophy of the here and now. Uh -huh. there, there is nothing stable. It's all fluctuating, you know, the flux, if you want. Oh, so, uh, it has an application also on the neo-modernist theologians. Philosophy is, this, again, this, the support, the underground thing of, of theology. And so you have Runner, who is obviously the, the key theologian of the neo-modernism. Uh, he says, Christianity is the religion of the future. It's a not yet. Okay. Uh, oh. Situation ethics of runner, the religion of future. Congar said human activity is the action of God. What? The action of God? My, my activity is is God acting? I'm, uh, just a bit strange here. Chenu, another uh, Dominican modern modernist, neo modernist. The divine is the self liberation of man. The divine <laughs> liberates me, okay? 
And Laurent Tan, another new modernist philosopher, <laughs> theologian, rather, God is not yet. I, I don't know how he gets away with that, and I believe that he's a good guy, you know. God doesn't exist yet. God has not been terminated, uh, uh, completed, I guess, perfected. How does that sound to you? <laughs> Oh, the the thing, Father. Let me tell you the thing that I love most about doing these these episodes with with our various priests is, um, you know, the game Tetris. You know, the blocks start to fall into place, and then all of a sudden, you form a row. I feel like I just had one of those moments when when you were talking about Ronner's quote there. Um, Christianity is not yet; it is the religion of the future. Okay, so this evolution of ideas, nothing is right now. We always have to be working towards something in the future. Now this is starting to fit into place the Second Vatican Council. We have to change and always adapt. That's that's the modernist always wanting to change and adapt and evolve and never be satisfied because for a modernist, an existentialist, there is no is. It's always becoming. Right. That to be really huh. so very much to uh, that, that, um, that harmonizes and, and synchronizes with the position of Teddy Howard the Chauvin with the omega yes. point, we're you know working towards that omega point, and we're going to speak about Dudibach next time. And Dudibach was really a, a theologian in many ways, uh, a little more secretive and, and in hiding. But so we speak of it right. next time. I just want to finish, if you want, with the uh, the um, you know we, we define existentialism, descriptive philosophy of personal existence, free from its destiny. Uh, so we're getting into, because we have been looking at uh, the principle of vital immanence, I, th- I want, I think, things are. The mm-hmm. principle of not ignorance, uh, what did I say here about that, um, existence before essence. There's no essences of right. things, there's no stability. And then this um, idea there that um, evolution, things are always in, the, in, 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 in perpetual movement, the flux, present moment is creative. So all yeah. of this really leads to um, the, the three pitfalls of modern philosophy, modernist philosophy, agnosticism, immanentism, evolution, are still very present in this um, existentialist philosophy, this new movement that came up after the, between the war and a little after the Second World War II, I think. And, um, and they are therefore key essential elements to the neo-modernism which we are going to see in, in a minute. So Pius XII, in Humanity Generis, 1950, condemns that. So we're going to speak about that with the uh, Rebag, but already he has a very clear condemnation of specifically existentialism. I need to quote that uh, text here. Such, such fictitious tenets of evolution, which repudiate all that is absolute, firm, and immutable, have paved the way to for a new erroneous philosophy, which rivaling idealism, immanentism, and pragmatism from the previous philosophies of Kant, Hegel, and company, has assumed the name of existentialism, since it concerns itself only with existence of individual things and neglect all consideration of their immutable essences. We are doing away with essences. Existence precedes essence. Does away with essence, really, what it is. They allege that perennial philosophy, Thomistic, realistic philosophy, is only a philosophy of immutable essences, while the contemporary mind must look to the existence of things and to life, which is ever in flux, and then is targeting particularly existentialism. The cha- everything changes, everything evolves. 
that's the last word I think of existentialism. So next time we're going to look at um, at the new theologians who have been formed, if you want, with that undercurrent of of philosophy or can call it a philosophy of existentialism. That's it. Wow. That's that's fascinating. Thank you so much, Father, for for going through that and and giving us this uh, this introduction. Um, uh, yeah, I'm I'm sitting here just I, I want to go back and, and watch this again and again because uh, this is uh, fascinating stuff. So thank you very much, Father, and uh, look forward to talking to you next time about uh, Henri de Lubac. That'll be fun. We we'll see you next time. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Father. Thank you for listening to and watching episode 15 of our Crisis in the Church series here on the SSPX podcast. In episode 16, we'll be welcoming back Father Bormo to take the next step in our understanding of these existentialist theories, how they developed into the new theology that would influence the Catholic Church so greatly in the 20th century. If you have a question on the topic of the crisis, please feel free to ask it at sspxpodcast.com slash crisis. Please share this episode with someone who you might think would enjoy it. And if they don't know what a podcast is, please show them so that they can take advantage of all our episodes. And if you have the ability to set up a monthly recurring donation of 5 or 10 or $20 on sspxpodcast.com, it would help us immensely to complete this crisis in the church project. Until next week, thank you for listening and God bless you.